the end, end goal is a little different for a farmer. What they want from this data is actionable advice. You know, when do we turn on our water? When do we, you know, go out and spray pesticide? That type of thing. For the researcher, it's more the raw data itself. Farming isn't what it used to be, that's for sure. And thanks to some fancy drones being developed at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center, other industries here in town may also benefit. The sky's the limit with the phenode, really. It's essentially a, a plug-and-play sensor platform. So we've also received interest from uh, smart highway programs who are interested in uh, monitoring pollutants coming off of cars with air quality sensors on the phenode. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. And before we move on, I want to remind you that the biggest source of St. Louis Public Radio's funding comes from listeners like you. Because you value what you hear on St. Louis on the Air, donate today. Go to stlpr.org donate. That's stlpr.org donate. Nadia Shakur of the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center has created a new product. It's called the Phenode. That's a solar-powered environmental sensor and phenotyping station for crops. The Phenode sensors and cameras take real-life measurements of everything from humidity to soil pH. And it gets even more high-tech from there. This past summer, Nadia won a $1.4 million federal grant to add an autonomous drone to the platform. It's called the Field Dock, and it just might be a game changer. And joining us today to talk about it is Nadia Shakur. She is a senior research scientist at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center and also the CEO of Agrella Ecosystems. So Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So you're a plant scientist. What research were you conducting that led you to create the Phenode tool? Sure. So um, we do a lot of field research in various crops. So the crop that um, I work in and specifically is a crop called sorghum. And so we go out into our fields and we take all sorts of measurements out in the fields using different pieces of equipment and sensors. And that's, um, you know, that's sort of how it all got started was needing a piece of equipment that was versatile enough for our needs. So this takes it down from having multiple different pieces of equipment. It basically puts it all in one. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, as new sensors are coming on to the market, which, um, you know, these days there's new sensors all coming online every every day, it seems like. So um, as they're coming online, having a plug and play platform where you can take those sensors, put them on your system and test it out and see how they um, how they work, you know, outdoors and, and are they able to collect the data that you want. So that's that's how we all got started. Was it hard to make this plug and play system? I imagine there's all sorts of elements you have to worry about. This isn't <laughs> just something you're making for laboratory conditions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as it turns out, making something that will work outside for months at a time in a field, um, yeah. That's it's also completely solar powered. It, it turned out to be quite a challenge. Hmm. Um, and so we definitely have been working for several years now. So we've been at it with the Phenote for over four years with various prototypes and testing different materials and such to make the most robust product we could. So is this something that's now commercially available? Yeah, so we finally finished our development and research. We had a lot of great 
partners testing our phenodes over the last few years. Um, and then starting in January, we're, we're, we're ready to start taking pre-orders. So it's been a it's been an exciting ride. So I understand these phenodes are actually being built here in St. Louis. How did that happen? Yeah, so, you know, the way it Over the years, we've tried lots of different vendors, um, many international vendors, but it turned out, you know, having um, engineers and expertise locally makes makes things move a lot quicker and it's just a better deal all around. So we're working with um, integrated systems engineering. They're um, here in in the St. Louis area. Our fabricators are also in the greater St. Louis area. And it's just made quality control and, and being able to just go down the street and, you know, uh, chat with our, our engineers as they're building the next version. Um, yeah, that's great that that happened to be here. I don't know if every city would have a similar setup and, and you just would have to find it there or if this is unusual that we'd have um, that level of manufacturing that you'd need. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I, I don't I think we are pretty lucky in that aspect. And I'm, I feel very grateful that we were able to find uh, these folks, as particularly at this point in development where things are, you know, moving a little bit slower due to uh, COVID. And mm-hmm. so having someone local and, and, you know, people on the team local is, is such an advantage for us. So as you said, you're releasing this in January, but I know you've already been using it yourself um, as you've been sort of working through all the issues and then getting other people to sure. use it as well. How has having it um, changed your research or, or changed the way that you're able to work? Sure. So the Feedout is actually transmitting its data uh live. So we're able to, in real time, monitor what's happening outdoors and outside in our fields before, you know, we're going out on a weekly or maybe a daily basis, um, gathering data manually by hand. Now everything is being transmitted, um, you know, through the cell phone network or a Wi-Fi network up to the cloud and then onto our cell phones and computers back at the lab or now remotely as well. So it's really helped with that. Hmm. So who do you see as the ideal consumer for this as you get ready for its release? Sure. So it was originally designed for research purposes, um, for crop science research. The sensors on the Phenode suite are very high quality sensors, um, things that are going to work for months on end, like I mentioned, outdoors and extreme elements. Um, However, we've received a lot of interest from farmers as well, who are also interested in having robust technology on their farms. Um, You know, the sky's the limit with the Phenode, really. It's essentially a a plug-and-play sensor platform. So we've also received interest from uh, smart highway programs who are interested in uh, monitoring pollutants coming off of cars with air quality sensors on the Phenode. So really, it's it's a very versatile platform um, designed for crop research, but really, you know, it's, it's up to the consumer how they want to use it. Boy, that's exciting. And to think they could use it for pollution and all these other uses. Uh, we did get a question from one of our listeners when we put this out there on our St. Louis on the Air Twitter that we were going to be talking to you today. Uh, Marie wrote, do the people at the Danforth Plant Center know that internet and cell service is very poor in many rural farming small counties in Missouri? Is that at all an issue that, that you had to anticipate? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we, you know, we, when we deployed our prototype versions um, over the last few years, they've been in some very remote locations. So we've had, um, 
have a number of measures that we've put into place, including things like global SIMs, which will pull from any network that's available to storing the data locally where someone can go out once a week and pull it all off all at once. So, um, but, but certainly, you know, I think uh, remote areas that don't have network kind of connectivity can be a challenge. And it sounds like a challenge you're working on. That, that's great to hear. Yes. Um, now, I don't want to forget to talk about the part of this that originally caught our eye when we heard about this. And this is the part involving drones. And I know drones are now everywhere, sure. but they still feel very exciting and high tech to me. And I understand in July, uh, you landed this $1.4 million grant for this automated drone called the Field Dock. So how would this go hand in hand with the Feenode? Sure. So the Feenode is, is a standalone platform. You know, it sits out in the field, gathers data from, you know, that particular area. Uh, one of the concerns and interests that, that folks have in research as well as for farming fields is being able to get full coverage of their entire field, their entire plot. It could be many acres and drones are perfectly suited for that. Mm-hmm. And um, another concern is, you know, with drones, you have to have a pilot or you have to have someone out there who is capable of flying the drone. Um, And so with the field dock, the field dock is proposing to do an autonomous drone um, built into the system. So the drone, you know, checks the weather with its kind of phenode capabilities and then launches once a day or depending on, you know, the type of data coverage you want, flies the field, comes back to the, the field dock itself, drops its data where then it can be, again, uploaded to the cloud. So it's sort of a autonomous platform that sits out in, into the, in the field itself. Hmm. We're talking to Nadia Shakur. She's a senior research scientist at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center, also the CEO of Agrella Ecosystems. She's telling us about her two new tools, um, and that is the Feenode and then the Field Dock, which adds this whole drone component to it. Uh, Nadia, as a plant scientist, had you ever used drones before you found yourself getting into this, this Field Dock work? Uh, no, I mean, well, we have a lot. I'll take that back. We have a lot of collaborators who do use drones um, in agricultural research. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to be gathered by flying a drone equipped with really nice sensors over a field. And, and, and that type of work has been around for a while now. So, so yes, I have been working with folks that, that are doing it. But my, me, myself, no, this is the first time uh, really diving into flying a drone and having one. So was it fun? <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like this kind of adds a level of excitement to, you know, it's, it's a fun technology. Did you get to sort of experience the joy of, oh, hey, look what I'm doing with my drone? <laughs> oh, absolutely. They're, they're, you know, they are really neat pieces of equipment and uh, they're fun to use. And um, there's a lot of potential there that we're really excited about. Well, as you mentioned, there's already a lot of people using these in the agricultural space. And there's a lot of farmers that fly drones manually. How does having an automated one like this change the game? I think it's just very, you know, it's it's one less thing that you have to do that you it's um, something that you can just set a schedule and, and manage your farm using you know, that's just that automated kind of uh, aspect of it. Um, it takes time. It takes someone with, um, you know, licenses and such to fly drones and, and skill. So mm-hmm. taking that out of the equation, I think, is both a time and money saver. In your experience, do, do farmers tend to be pretty open to these types of innovations? 
We've always gotten really great interest from farmers. Again, as a researcher, all of these tools were designed from a research perspective. How can we better improve uh, breeding and better monitor crops for breeding purposes? However, um, as we've been developing them at the Danforth Center, you know, we've had just a tremendous amount of interest from farmers who are also interested in, in that, hmm. in having similar type technologies. You know, the end, end goal is a little different for a farmer. What they want from this data is actionable advice. You know, when do we turn on our water? When do we, you know, go out and spray pesticide, that type of thing. For the researcher, it's more the raw data itself and using that in the um, analysis portion of their programs. Hmm. And when you talk about these drones being out there collecting this data, how long can they stay out there? It, it really depends on the outcome. So it, it um, you know, the, the whole system is designed to be solar powered. And so um, we will, we're still kind of working out all of the aspects of it. But if you want to capture multiple acres at a really high coverage, or do you want to do a quick pass higher, flying at a higher altitude, you can get more land. And so, and, and you can be up in the air a longer time. So I think there's going to be a trade-off there um, in terms of flight time, but mm. probably between at least 15 to 30 minutes um, is okay. kind of what we're shooting for at the moment. Yeah. So this field doc, I understand you're going to launch the fee note in January. What stage is the field doc at right now? Yeah, so the field doc just got started. So in, in July is when we officially um, got, got going on this project. Uh, luckily, a lot of the back-end work that we've developed with the fee note will be uh, useful for the field doc project as well. However, the autonomous drone component is something that's not a part of the fee note system at, right now. So that's a lot of work at the moment, and we're, we're pretty full steam ahead on that. So. Okay, so could this be like a matter of months, or it's probably more going to be years? I think so. So uh, probably the latter. So we're working on it right now. And we'll likely have prototypes um, in the field by the end of next year. Hmm. And then we'll we'll see from there. So. And you told our producer that people already have ideas for field doc that go far beyond what you originally intended. What are, what are some ways people are, are thinking they might be able to use this thing? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So one of our farmer partners, actually, um, he will have a prototype next year in his field. And he immediately was like, can, can I use this to monitor my livestock as <laughs> well as my, my farms? Um, and so that's something, you know, again, as a plant scientist would have never thought about. And so we're, we're really excited about that prospect and are, are kind of digging into what what he needs and how the field doc could accommodate that. Yeah, I wonder how the livestock will react to drones. Maybe I'm being naive thinking that they're not already no. familiar with drones in this this brave new world we live in. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good question. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine <laughs> just a drone coming down as you're grazing about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, man, it's, it's interesting. My grandfather was a farmer, and I think about um, just how it would blow his mind to think of some of the innovations um, happening in this space. It just seems like it It must be all so different than what he was doing back in the 1940s. I mean, in the work that you do at the Science Center, do you sometimes feel like innovation is just speeding things up in this exponential way at this point? I do. Absolutely. I think it is. And I, and I think it's important that it is. We, we definitely need that in order to, you know, feed the, feed the world. We, we need to get 
have have those sort of exponential improvements in our cropping systems. Hmm. It sounds like you've got a great job. I mean, both you're able to innovate and and follow through on these ideas that you have. And at the same time, it feels like you feel a a deeper purpose there, that this isn't just about creating technology for technology's sake. Absolutely. I think that's, that's why I'm there. And I think a lot of the folks at the Danforth Center really feel a connection to to the science that's happening there is that sort of greater purpose and how can we apply the science that we're developing and working on in the lab and, and use it towards a greater good. Nadia Shakur, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.